Hello, and welcome to the Road from Emmaus podcast. I'm Jason Lowe, joined by Andrew Chow, and we are two totally ordinary Catholic guys hoping to share our journeys. Like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, we've each encountered Christ in our lives. Join us as we talk about what comes next. On today's episode, we're back with DA as our guest. It's a bit of a men's session part two as we unpack a few different topics. Friendship with other men, loneliness, and if there might be differences between men and women when it comes to decision-making. Hope you enjoy our conversation. A few months ago, we, we recorded a podcast with a special guest. And at that time, um, we were joking about how this particular guest wasn't, unfortunately, the first ever friend of the show, um, first ever guest that we ever had on our podcast. Well, what was the spider's name? Oh, Peter. Peter. <laughs> I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I think the spider's name was Peter. That's a that's a deep that's a deep <laughs> cut. Yeah, deep throwback. Um, however, we uh, we have another episode today uh, with a repeat guest, and this is the first time that we've ever had a repeat guest, I believe. Please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I have yeah, that I right. So, so yeah. we are happy to welcome back Da. Um, for those of you who listened to our podcast last time, that does stand for Daniel Allen. Um, DA, welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I really enjoy how you spent that entire time trying not to say his name so people can like be really caught up yeah. in the <laughs> anticipation of I wonder who it is. Yeah. Because we have so many guests. <laughs> yeah. We need to build a suspense. We're, we're in show business because we have a podcast. So how to wrap that up. Um, yeah. So we did have a, a part one to this kind of um, little men's discussion that we're doing uh, back in back in June. Um, so go and listen to that podcast episode if you haven't yet. It was it was really good uh, to the point where I think, if I recall correctly, at the end, it kind of felt like we were cutting it off abruptly because we were still we we're like in the middle of some really good discussion. And it was like, oh, we're almost at an hour. So <laughs> we don't want to drag it out too, too long. But it was really good. And that was why we, we wanted to invite you back, DA, because, you know, lots of wisdom, lots of good talk. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Uh can't say all the wisdom is, is mine. I think it's just a life experience. Yeah, um, totally. And so I'm thankful that I get to have a, an outlet to you know, talk about it with you guys. Yeah, so, yeah, totally. Yeah. So, I mean, before we, we kind of dive into the meat of the thing, um, I know last time a lot of our conversation focused on, you know, the fact that we're all kind of going through different phases of our discernment of our vocation of marriage. So obviously Andrew is married um, and he kind of gave a bit of an update on his life and I'm sure we'll talk about that today. Last time during our episode um, and then DA has gotten closer to marriage. It's been uh, five months since then so you know maybe some updates and I myself both both DA and I are, are, are engaged um, so you know some additional insights I'm sure. But uh, back in June you spoke about like you know you feel like you are going through different seasons of marriage. I think that was kind of the term that you used. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like anything's changed in the last five months as you've kind of discerned? Or do you just feel like, you know, it's just really practical. Like, you know, you, you've gotten a place now kind of thing and you're looking into that stuff. Or do you feel like, you know, in your vocation, spiritually, mm-hmm. things have changed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, definitely, like you said, a lot of external changes. Like, as you said, you know, we, we just close on a house and then... Congrats. And that's, yeah, thanks. And that had its own kind of... Um, I wouldn't say problems, but that had its own kind of uh, decisions to make that were quite difficult and, right. and required a lot of, um, you know, cooperation between between Gabby and I. Yeah. And so I think the life changes that came along with our 
the stage and vocation that we're in brought up key um, key questions, you know, between the both of us that really needed deeper reflection to answer. Um, and a lot of them, you know, we'll kind of, we'll kind of touch on today. Uh, it's I have, to, I have to say though, it, it has been kind of scary to face these questions and mm-hmm. and face these situations um, with the you know with the potential of these of these these issues uh, to make or break a marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know we also just did marriage prep not too long ago as well, and uh, they kind of primed us to to ask each other and ask ourselves these really important questions, you know, going into marriage, but. I didn't think that I would have to put those things into practice so soon, mm-hmm. which is something that I was uh, really taken taken back by. But again, I, I see it as an opportunity uh, to to grow and to be to be the husband and, and father, and, you know, future father that that God is calling me to be. And uh, again, I think it's just it's just maybe the way that, that God works, you know, just kind of putting these surprising me with these things, these challenges that, that we have to face together. So, um, yeah, the, I mean, I can get into it. We won't get into it, but, uh, yeah. yeah, a lot of stuff internally is, is, is changing. Yeah, and I can I can relate with that a bit, actually, just even as recently as last night, like, because Jen and I were similarly talking about, like, you know, potential future housing situations and mm-hmm. kind of just talking about, like, things like our top budget and what are our financial priorities and things like that and, um, you know, we've always been pretty much aligned on these kinds of things. Um, but I think what I would say is like certain situations put you into a spot where you need to sit down and have really frank and honest discussions about your various perspectives that maybe, you know, there are, there are a few more differences than you initially thought. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, like, uh, I think that's just top of mind for me because it was literally just a conversation we had last night. So I can definitely see how, you know, as we kind of discern and move along this journey, like those are, those are things that are going to uh, present themselves to you definitely a lot sooner than, than we initially might have thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think, like, in marriage even, um, if anything, like, what I've seen with, with me and Cherry, like, we we talk about this stuff with a lot more regularity. Yeah. Um, just kind of seeing how, as things as things come come in and, and, and operate, um, when we don't speak about things and it becomes a thing that, like, okay, in the moment we need to talk through all the things... Um, mm-hmm. And so, it, it kind of in a some sense, and, and this isn't like a, a piece that we like uh, set out to do, but I think both of us naturally have come to a point where we just like in everyday conversation we will start reflecting on like different things, or when we particularly when we see things happening around us, right? So like Cherry and I, we're we're expecting our first, we're super excited. Um, one of our really close friends just had their first, and kind of seeing how things are playing out there, and being like, oh hey, like. Um, this is something that worked for them, but probably wouldn't have worked for us. And like, here's how this, like, here's how this stressor that really stressed them out. I think we would react a little bit differently and, and just kind of walking through those things together in advance and just talking about it now so that, you know, like little things like, um, I mean, not to dive too far into it, but like, I think uh, one thing that's really, really common with, with first time parents, particularly mothers is, is having this, uh, a huge stressor be about breastfeeding, like, Am I sure. failing my kid because I can or can't breastfeed the way I think I should? Uh, because I need a supplement because of whatever reason. Um, and kind of walking Cherry through like, hey, like, you know, um, we probably will feel this way. 
we know that it's not rational. Let's talk through why there, why it's not a rational thing to think that you're failing your baby. Mm-hmm. And then just saying, like, hey, even though we say this stuff now, we're still going to feel that way. But we just want to be able to recall this conversation. Like, that kind of thing is something that we've learned to get to in our marriage, I think. To be able to say, hey, here's a conversation that's going to probably come up. Let's just talk about it now. Not so that we don't hit that conversation at that point, but so that we can remember how we felt when we were calm. You know, and that mm-hmm, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really big blessing that each of us have um, in terms of like, you know, these are the partners that we um, want to be with for the rest of our lives and we can have these kinds of conversations. Yeah. Um, but I think something we want to talk about today is um, maybe moving a little bit away from that, but kind of um, can we have these kinds of conversations with the men around us? Mm. Um, can we kind of bank on the friendships that have been built um, with the men in our lives and what does that look like? Is it different compared to the relationship that you might have with a significant other, with, you know, a parent or, um, you know, even a female friend? Um, and I think, you know, maybe one of the first things we want to dive into here is just um, the trust, the idea of having trust between men. Um, and maybe DA, I'll come to you with this, but do you think there's something special about being able to trust a fellow man with whatever thing it is that you want to talk to talk to them about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's really special to have that kind of um, that deeper sort of relationship with a with a brother. Um, I just I just always remember, or I always think about like kind of the the bond I have with with my fiance and, and how I trust her in that way. And but then as we both as we all know, like there are things that guys can only talk to guys about, mm-hmm. and, and you know your wife can't solve all your problems just by talking to her. And and, and I think. Uh, you know, the the older I get, the more my the smaller my 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 circle of friends kind of gets. The more I, uh, you know, look to to see around, like look around and see who who can I really confide in and who who can I really trust and and who can I really like, um, yeah, trust with like my my problems, my issues, and who can really walk with me through through the difficult kind of times and. Uh, this is something I experience, you know, me, I'm, I'm super busy, you know, I've been super busy lately, like with my master's and, and working, you know, part-time to full-time hours. And in a way, taking on all this business, I've kind of distanced myself from a lot of my friends, mm-hmm. a lot of my friendships, and um, especially during the pandemic. And I was, I went through a really kind of tough spell where I was feeling super lonely because, and I kind of was like resentful towards myself because, oh, you know, like I created this life for myself. I created this distance. Uh, you know, and then I became super sensitive to uh, to all these like dynamics happening around me. Like you know, and this is the issue with social media. Just like kind of seeing what people are up to and knowing that you're not, right. you know, if you weren't invited, if you weren't there, you don't really know why or you know why they didn't invite you or why they weren't thinking about you. But then I was thinking about like why weren't they thinking about me? Why weren't they? Why didn't they call me up that day? And and it was a very very vulnerable area for me, even to just bring up. And speak about I mean I'm okay with it now but you know guys listening you may not you know may not feel comfortable you know telling this or like kind of coming to terms with this yourself yeah. like because you know you it's just like we, we we kind of crave or we kind of seek this like respect from people around us but when you're not respected it's hard to face <clears throat> and so I had to kind of come to terms with that and ask myself these questions and um, and then it kind of led me to think like Oh, like how, how come I think about all these people all the time, um, you know? But it doesn't show. It doesn't show that uh, uh, these other guys are thinking about me, and um, 
yeah so and it just made me feel really insecure about like you know um how do like how do like these brothers who whom i whom i felt that i had really like a really close friendship with them like how do they really think about me or do people really think about me mm-hmm. and uh yeah so it's it, it stirred up a lot of insecurity you know within me and uh i had to really and I, and that kind of led me more towards developing a deeper friendship with you know with the father and and kind of yeah. not having that cup be filled by other people by other men by other brothers but having that cup primarily be filled you know uh by my relationship with God and 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 letting him fill that fill that void but it's it's still you know when it's not when you when you don't have that immediate satisfaction of like uh, of a friendship that kind of cures that loneliness it's easy to lose it's easy to lose sight of um you know what's filling that cup right mm-hmm. like so yeah yeah well thanks for sharing I, I know it's a bit of a vulnerable thing to share about but um and i mean like even if we were to link back to what andrew and i spoke about last time the last episode was very much focused on the idea of community and the importance of community um but towards the end i think at the end of the day the most important thing is i i, I like the way that you put it like it's it's important to be able to fill the cup with god himself the father himself as opposed to the people around us, the people that we, we start relying on. Um, and I think it, it can be disappointing, right? Like if, if you're kind of looking at the people around you who you feel are important in your lives and, you know, maybe it can be for any reason, who knows what's going on in these people's lives, but just doesn't feel like it's being reciprocated. I, I totally feel that. Like that's that's a place where, of course, there's insecurity. Of course, mm-hmm. there's there's disappointment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the, the beautiful thing is that, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be cut off or anything it's, it's something that um, again who knows what, what might be going on in these people's lives and um, you just take that opportunity to turn to christ instead i think um you, you kind of touched on the idea of loneliness right and um it it can be really um a, a tough spot to navigate whenever you know you're, you're thinking about loneliness and you know, you don't know maybe who to turn to and and what to do kind of thing. Loneliness is definitely something I realized in kind of more recent years that I struggle with. Um, I think I, I became so used to having a lot of people in my life where I could turn to them um, and have things like intimate conversations or whatnot. And there was a period in my life kind of, I guess, a couple of years ago where um, that wasn't available to me anymore. And I kind of had that real, realization that I had really attached myself to these people in my life where um, it, it was almost like a stimulus to me. And then when I kind of lost that stimulus, I was like, it was difficult for me to just sit with myself and to be alone and to, you know, reach out to Christ even. Um, I don't know if either of you have had this kind of uh, feeling or a similar feeling, but like, have you ever, um, like, what, what was that process like for you in terms of just turning to Christ instead of, of whatever it is um, on this world? So, like, for me, uh, I think there there's a couple kind of steps that happened in terms of how I came to realize this. So the first was when I first moved uh, right. back to Toronto. Um, I think I shared this last time as well, where, you know, there was a community that I was seeking to reestablish with, and, and it just didn't work out that way. Um, and, and what I found really curious is, and I'm, and I hear echoes of it as well, Dean, what you just shared, um, is kind of seeing what God wanted me to learn in that moment where I was kind of what you're saying, Jason, like more dependent on, on the friends around me than I realized to fill the cup as, as mm-hmm. you put it, mm-hmm. um, where it was no longer just about the friendship and, and there were other things there. Um, 
or, or maybe the French, I was looking for the French was to fill something that they weren't meant to fill. Maybe is a better way for me to put mm-hmm. it. Um, and, and so that kind of happened. I kind of went through that ebb and flow and then kind of made my peace with it as well. Um, but then I moved back to Vancouver or I spent some time in Vancouver over the course of the beginning of the pandemic. So four or five months or so, something like that. And, um, my, my closest friends are all out here in, in, in Toronto GTA. Um, and, and so going back to Vancouver as being with family, which is great, but kind of that kinship, uh, with friends, like wasn't really around anymore in the same way. Um, and it was really interesting because the way that my schedule worked out, um, and also the way that God had led me up to that point kind of brought me to a place where the place that I turned to automatically was the faith. And it's really curious because at any other point in my life, if that were the, if that circumstance was presented to me, I probably wouldn't have had the same reaction. But what I found was that, okay, like it, things just so turned out that uh, the parish that I had started going to kind of randomly uh, because a friend of mine, um, what was it even? A friend of mine had <laughs> wanted to go to confession while we were hanging out. So he was like, can we just drop by this parish for confession? And then I went to confession there. And I found, like, the priest, like, really asked good questions. I was like, wow, like, this is a pretty good priest. And then, like, went back for mass. And I was like, wow, this is a great homilist. So started going there. So a parish that I didn't grow up going to being the point. Um, they had um, an almost perpetual adoration chapel, except for, like, the early morning hours, like, 1 to 5, I think it's closed. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Um, so an almost perpetual adoration chapel. They moved their daily mass to the evenings. And it's, it was like fairly close distance wise. So like what I would do, my routine became, I would wake up really early work cause I had to work Toronto time still. So work from five to two, I'd take like a short nap and then I would go to, if I got there early enough adoration first, if I didn't get there early enough, just go for evening mass and then kind of come home. And then by the time I came home after that, then like my family was home and then spend time with my family and then go to sleep. So I kind of fell into this really interesting cadence of doing that, praying the hours and doing all of these things. Um, what was great about it was that it helped me kind of realize like, this is what fills the cup, right? Kind of what both mm-hmm. of you guys are saying, like, hey, like, is there loneliness here? Like, yes. From a perspective of like, I'm not surrounded by people in the same way that I'm used to. Yes, totally. But um, I, I didn't feel that I was missing anything. Um, in that moment, uh, if anything, I felt more full than I had ever felt. Mm-hmm. Now, the lesson later was that I had swung too far that way and that, you know, it had turned to a point where I had thought I had this idea in my head that like, uh, in order to be seen as a good son of God, I need to go to daily mass every day and I need to like, and all these things and they had become criteria in my head and, and to end up stripping that away as well. But yeah, so I, it's kind of interesting because, um, yes, is the answer. Like I've had both of these experiences to, in my own way. Um, but God also had set me up in a way where, uh, in the moment where I felt the void, he was very obviously present. And like, for someone like me, I kind of need that. Like, it's like in my face with like a billboard kind of a deal. Like, all right, here I am. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was kind of interesting. I think for me, the, one of the most important things when kind of facing this, um, the slowness or insecurity with friendships was firstly to communicate that loneliness uh, obviously in prayer and allowing the Father to respond uh, by way of giving, by way of like providing you sort of like peace in your, in, in, uh, in this, in your solidarity, right? Like, and then knowing that, okay, 
Like it's out in the open now. Like this is not, and I think it's so easy again, like for guys to, to hide uh, in their pride that, that they feel lonely. Mm -hmm. And uh, as soon as you kind of break away from that and, and this, uh, the loneliness is out in the open, you know, in, in prayer, you allow God to respond. And when I did that, I felt an immense amount of peace, uh, an immense amount of um, uh, just comfort in knowing that, you know, all the things that I crave for my friendship, being known, being seen, being loved, uh, being acknowledged, you know, whatever, uh, all those things were being uh, filled, you know, just just interiorly, you know, through my own interior life. And uh, yeah, that's something I really experienced, you know, through the pandemic, and, and it really kind of carried me through. Um, and then the other thing too is communicating that with a friend. I think like when, yeah. you know, you might have this issue, you know, this insecurity with a certain friend or a certain group of friends. And I, again, I think in, in pride, it's so hard to be like, hey man, can we, can we chat for a bit? Like there's just stuff I want to kind of get off my chest. And it was so hard for me to do because, you know, I was scared. Like, like what the heck, like what kind of guy, like, you know uh shares this feeling yeah or, whatever yeah. so uh, this is this is like my internal kind of fear but uh i remember you know i've done it i've shared this i've shared my heart with a couple of you know good friends of mine and you know the response from them has been has been very positive but i think in, in the grander scheme of things it was kind of the lord you know uh providing for me good men in my life who I could trust to even confide in in this way with these things, but then giving them the heart to respond back to me, knowing, you know, with the knowledge that, okay, DA has these problems, has these issues, has this insecurity, like, and, and, I, and in some way the Holy Spirit allowed these friends of mine to be, you know, very lovingly considerate of those maybe wounds, I would call them. And, and I just see it in, and, and it's not forced, right? It's not, it's not awkward when, when uh when i might be feeling lonely it's just kind of natural like you know they might do something to to make me feel good about it you know um but i never second guess that okay are you doing this because you know about my heart or are you doing this because you care and and 100 percent of the time it's always come from a genuine place yeah and again i think i attribute that to like the good friends i have mm -hmm. but i think also um you know Somehow, some way, you know, God has His hand in in in, in the relationships that I have and and, uh, and the conversations I have with people. And so, yeah, primarily, it's definitely like being being secure with yourself with the, with this loneliness and insecurity, and then communicating that to other people. Yeah. What do you think it is specifically about like being able to, you know, from our perspective, be able to share something with just guys? Like uh, earlier, uh, in kind of, you know, in your earlier answer, you were saying like, you know. There are, there's only there's some stuff that you can only talk to guys about, right? And you know, on the flip side, I'm sure girls feel that some girls feel that way as well. Where there's only some things that you can speak to other women about. Mm -hmm. Like, why do you think? Is it just because you know we have that shared experience? We know we we think similarly or something? Like, what do you think it is exactly? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think in some way, to be honest with you, it's just uh, just hearing hearing like a, a bro just kind of say like, I get it. Yeah. Uh, it's just somehow affirming, right? Like, not, not, no knock against, like, you know, our partners and the yeah, women yeah. in our life who we confide in. But it's just, there's, there's just something, difference. right? Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's nothing you can really put your, put your finger on. And there's nothing really, like, maybe intellectual about it. I think it's just the nature of 
of having that like man-to-man relationship but that goes beyond words right i think there's a fraternity there that is specific to um it was actually uh, a friend of ours katie's out who who laid this out once but mm-hmm. i thought it was a very very good analogy um part of it has to do i think with our relationship with christ and how that plays out in our lives because um one of the blessings that i think all of us have is that we are surrounded by a lot of people of faith and um that means that grace is present whether we realize or not whether we understand how it's working or not right and and all of us are kind of have to some degree probably varying degrees a level of understanding of our relationship with christ right um so uh, the imagery is that in essence like how we see Christ and as men we see Christ kind of shoulder to shoulder both heading in the same direction like a brother um, and kind of operate in that frame of mind of like okay like when we relate for example with with Bible stories and when we talk about like oh like I could see how that like how Jesus might have felt like you know that kind of a thing uh, whereas uh, for women they have an ability to see Christ as more more spousally, right? More admiring him that way, loving him that way. And and so kind of face-to-face is kind of the analogy, right? And so as other men, you know, when we're coming across different things, um, we can probably all see, like, hey, like, uh, number one, like, it's probably something all of us are <laughs> going through anyways, right, to some degree or other. And, and another, like, being people of faith, like, you know, we can just kind of connect, I think, in that way of, like, hey, yeah, like, that fraternity, us and Jesus and all of us kind of like side by side. Uh, I think there's a, there's something there that is more than, than we can always realize. I think I have a bit of personal perspective on this as well, just because like for so much of my young adult life, I actually um, prided myself on kind of the friendships I had with women mm-hmm. where like basically from the, I want to say from um, I think like grade four all the way up until probably until the end of my university, like uh, university years, I know that like almost all of my close friends were, were pretty much girls. Um, and I know kind of like it, it kind of became a, it became a point of pride and it very much fed into the loneliness that I spoke about earlier where um, I, I had created for myself a lot of this um, environment where uh, these intimate relationships, a lot of things were being poured into me and poured into these people around me. And then kind of when I had a realization that maybe this isn't something that is necessarily healthy or I don't even know if it's that, but just something that like I realized, you know, probably not the way I'm going to be going forward. Um, I kind of had that realization at some point. That was the point where that the loneliness started to hit me, right? Mm-hmm. Because I had that big shift. Um, but yeah, like I know definitely early on when I was younger, it, it was a point of pride for me. It was kind of like, oh, this is my brand kind of thing. And certainly I still think I was a good friend and I think God still put me in these friendships for, sure. for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I know that I, um, my, my, I guess my listening skills or my, you know, being pastoral or whatever, those are still things that were and are important to me. But I would say in the last couple of years, um, it has been a bit of a, a change in mentality, a change in kind of the way I look at life where I am trying to prioritize relationships with men. Um, and I think, Part of the reason for that is just a lot of what we've been speaking about right now, where it's not that I can't share experiences with female friends that are still close to me, um, but there is, and, and, and I do, I do kind of seek certain friends out for their advice and mm-hmm. for their ear. But on the flip side, when I speak to, you know, whether it's you guys or other men in my life about various problems that are going on, or I'm seeking advice from them, 
it's just a different perspective where they kind of get it. They just they just get it. And in the way that you know you were trying to answer my uh, question earlier, it's just you can't really put words to it. You just kind of get it. You're just able to kind of have that shared perspective. Um, and so I know, yeah, like just for me personally, that was a little bit of a journey that I've been on and am on, where I am kind of almost actively um, removing myself from situations where I know, um, you know, in the past, past me, I would have been more active in this friendship with, with, with a woman, but, you know, lately, not so much and more so prioritizing those friendships with men. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to share this kind of, this reflection I had uh, reading one of the uh, Office of Readings a couple, maybe weeks ago, uh, but it was on the topic of, um, it, was, it, was a, it, was a, it was a homily from St. Augustine talking about uh, how do we know, like, uh, if what like how do we know what to pray for is right? And I kind of see some parallels in terms of our relationship with 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 uh, with our with brothers, in that I find that the Holy Spirit and, and he explained this in his homily very eloquently. But the the Holy Spirit has this kind of like fraternity um, with God in a way that when we when we ask for something, uh, the Holy Spirit has this. He described it as like a sigh that's deeper than words, mm -hmm. where uh, when whatever we ask for, whether it's right or wrong, you know, the Holy Spirit will take that request and, and and bring it to the saints, and and with a, with this sigh that's that's beyond words, um, and so in, in a way that the, the saints will kind of intercede for us. And I know that's kind of a very huge parallel between like saints and the Holy Spirit and then us and men, but I and I think one way to explain this kind of unexplainable dynamic between men is this like sigh that's beyond words right like that's mm -hmm. like you know because it's like we're not i mean and as much as we share joy and, and happy things and like that's great to celebrate with 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 brothers but i think in a deeper way you know there's a there's a great need for for um for a man's heart to have um this fraternal relationship and i think Maybe to de to 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 depict it in in a way that maybe some of us can understand is like this. Just we know we 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 know we can understand each other because we have this like we both all share this like sigh, right? Mm -hmm. This like it's like maybe it's like a release, right? It's mm -hmm. a it's a it's a weight off the shoulders, but then it expresses so much, and um, yeah, and so that that's kind of how maybe I could how it's kind of coming to me mm -hmm. right this like this like thing whatever it is between between guys mm. i don't know if that makes sense it does it does yeah. and it's a very poetic way of putting it yeah. um what what we what we look at from the office of readings i guess makes sense um but yeah i think there is that sense of relief and again just that sense of shared perspective where you you know it just feels like that they get it kind of thing mm -hmm. and again just you know you know when i share things with jen it's not that she doesn't get it if anything, she gets me more than anyone else, but it's just a different perspective, I yeah, think, right? It doesn't yeah. say one doesn't mean one way is good or one way is worse or whatever. Um, it's just there's just a difference of perspective. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I kind of want to change topics here, and um, something else that we wanted to talk about uh, related to um, what we spoke off the top of the episode about in terms of you know uh, you know for I, I maybe more so for actually I think for all three of us, but like. For you and I, you know, having gone through um, some conversations around housing and those kinds of decisions, um, I know for me, uh, something I've been observing is that I'm a lot quicker 
in just being like, okay, let's go take a look at this house or like, let's go, let's, let's actually consider this house. And something that, that was funny that happened in the last week was uh, I found a listing um, up north-ish and uh, I sent it to Jen and both of us really liked the place. Um, and then I was like, okay, like, let's go and take a look at it. I was pretty much ready to like go and buy it kind of thing. And then she, and then she sent me a, a message a few minutes later and she was like, where's the laundry room? And I looked more closely through everything. I was like, there isn't a laundry room in this place, um, which is interesting. But um, but I think that's just kind of representative of like this whole thing where for me, I feel like I can, I suppose, rush into decisions, uh, just kind of go and go do something kind of thing. Um, do you think there's something about the way, first of all, I guess, do you guys feel this way? And do you feel like there's a difference between the way men and women kind of think about their decisions or how they might react to like pressure situations? Uh, yeah. Thank <laughs> <laughs> like you. Know, done. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I think um, I think there are different pieces of this that that some of it is male female, some of it is also personal. So yeah. um, I guess like there is a piece that I think I do think. Um, men have a disposition to be more willing to make a decision with, um, I guess like a lower threshold of like where we'll feel, where we'll feel confident that we're making the right decision. Like if you think of like filling a bucket with like reasons why, then like, let's say there are a hundred possible reasons. We might be like, okay, I've I've got 30 of them. Like, let's do it. Um, whereas I think a lot of our female counterparts might be like, you only have 30 of the potential hundred reasons. Like that could be totally wrong. Let's at least get to 51 before we get going on this, right? And, like, that kind of thing is, uh, is I think, you know, part of part of the piece here. And I, and I do think there is something there where, um, as men, we're more willing to go with our gut and be like, all right, like, sure, we might see 30% or 30% of what could be there, but, like, my gut's filling the other 20%, man. Like, we're good. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's something here. Um, and I think it's important to dive into that and actually talk through it as well because, what I've found, at least, uh, to diverge a little bit, is like um, sometimes there's more there than we realize in, as men in terms of why we think things. So um, I I find at least in looking at myself and looking at the men around me, uh, my dad, uh, <laughs> is that sometimes there might be a really good reason why you want to make a decision and you've thought through a lot of it, but you don't know how to articulate it in a way that is understandable and, and that is comprehensible. And so you just end up getting frustrated because like, I know this is the right decision. I don't want to sit down and tell you all the things. In yeah. fact, I don't even know all the steps I went through to hit this because I just kind of intuited it. And intuition is a good thing if you can break it down. Whereas our female counterparts, I find a lot of the time are like, okay, like walk me through why this is right. And then what can happen is uh, as men, like if we don't have this practice of being able to break down our intuition yeah. and say, how did I arrive here? And being able to articulate that, then it kind of, does kind of seem like the maverick flying by the seat of his pants kind of a thing, you know, um, was it your, your body's writing checks. You, what it is. I have no idea what you're it, saying. It's a, <laughs> oh my goodness. It's a quote from Top Gun and I'm upset with myself for not knowing it. Um, but yeah, so like, I think that's a piece here. Um, with regards to the other piece in terms of reaction to pressure i i personally feel this is a little bit more of a personal trait Mm. um you know in terms of your own disposition you know how do you take pressure and how do you kind of respond to it um i don't know if this one is as much male female at least in my experience uh, because i've seen lots of um men who stay calm and pressure calm under pressure lots of men who 
who um, start to like maybe move a little bit faster than than is normal for them under pressure. And then similarly for women. So I, yeah. for me, like this, that one, it might be a little bit more of a just person to person thing. Um, but I definitely think the decision making process and the level that we're willing to just trust our intuition without having thought it through and to understand our intuition, I guess, because it's it sounds awful to say that we haven't thought it through. It's, I don't think it's that we haven't thought it through. It's that we haven't taken the time to process our intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, we're a lot more willing to trust that, I think, than, than women are. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I agree with you in terms of the whole pressure thing. Um, so for me, like, again, I'm a sports person. So my my term for pressure is being in the clutch, essentially. <laughs> and so if you watch sports, you'll know that there are just certain athletes who can perform in the clutch, and there are certain athletes who just can't, and otherwise are perfectly fine in elite sports people. And you see it in both male and female sports. Exactly, exactly where, where I was going with that. So uh, I, I totally see um, what you mean in terms of, like, it might just be a personal thing. Um, and to be honest, like Jen's an ER nurse, so like, um, I don't know if you can perform in a more high pressure situation than that. Right. So, um, but yeah, I, I definitely feel like if I kind of extrapolate a bigger sample size in terms of the decision-making, I am often the person who is just like, let's just go and do it. Um, just another example, literally yesterday, um, Jen and I were looking for gifts for someone and I was, I was done with the process after like five minutes, essentially. I scrolled through the website and I was like, okay, let's just get this and let's just get that. And then I know she had done the research earlier um, and she sent me the links and she was like, you know, you know, this particular thing is better quality or whatever. Or like this other thing yeah. is like, it's cheaper, um, but like it's, it's also environmentally friendly or whatever. So like those different qualities where like she will definitely um, you know, take the time to diligence. be, yeah, do more due diligence. Be not as lazy as I am. Um, but really, I think, I think think through, think through things. And I, I like how you said that she, like, she kind of really lays things out. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, I am someone who tries to do that, but I know definitely not to the extent that she does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, with, with decision-making, I mean, I agree with both of you guys. I think men are just not, they just don't take the time to, to process the, their options. For myself, I mean, throughout this whole process of buying a home, you know, like going between fixed, you know, fixed mortgage versus uh, variable, and given the current economic state, like you know, what's the what's the uh, how how are interest rates going to change or this and that, and you know, everybody's doing variable, so it's like you know, it's an easy choice, Uh, but (laughs) right when you look at the data and, and things like that and how things are how things are actually panning out. Sometimes, like people are saying, maybe you should, you could go fix, or you should go fix. So, mm-hmm. you know, I I'm not quick to consult a lot of the resources that I that I have access to. You know, yeah. for example, Gabby's brother, really knowledgeable in macroeconomics, and he, mm-hmm. you know, we had a conversation with him, and he kind of he gave us the options, and I was ready to make a decision before that. <laughs> so so, you know, and then obviously it just it causes a lot of um, tension between uh, you know in the relationship because you know you're not. Uh, what, You're used to different paces. Yeah, exactly. And uh, something that and I, and I mentioned this earlier in the beginning that that some of these things can be make or break. Hmm. Um, I think the way you make a decision in a in a marriage uh, can be a make or break thing. And and something that I had to uh, come to terms with myself. And it kind of really ties into the whole pressure and how you respond to pressure. And I do agree. It's it's definitely an individualized. You know, phenomenon. You know, people, people, people are very different. Everyone's experiences are different, and then it, it all affects how they respond to pressure. 
Uh, for myself personally, like I find that I'm pretty good under pressure. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I know I'm also a nurse and I work in yeah. very high, high pressure situations. And, and a lot of my patients tell me, you know, like even yesterday, like my patient who was like legally blind, so she didn't even, she couldn't see me. All she could really like, uh, uh, get from me is like, or how, the only way she could kind of understand who I am is through my voice and mm-hmm. how I talk. And she was, She's saying, oh, you know, Daniel, I feel really calm around you. Like you feel, yeah, I feel like, uh, I feel like you're really even keeled, you know, and I, and I get that a lot from my patients. I get that a lot from people. Um, and I, and I, you know, thinking about that, yeah, I'm really good under pressure, but I'm only good under pressure when, when it's just me, you know, mm. when it's just me to perform. Mm. Uh, what I noticed in my relationship was, yeah, like there are all these pressures around me, but I, I crumble easily when it's when um someone else is, is is in it with me and you need to be considerate of what they want yeah what they need yeah and, and so like so what happened you know in in my situation was that i was getting these pressures from from all these people you know uh mortgage brokers my realtor you know yeah. the uh mortgage advisors telling us okay we have two weeks blah 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 whatever um oh you should go fix you should go fix because of this you should go varial because of this whatever yeah and just like you know, these pressures kind of coming at me from all angles. And then even the internal pressure of like, oh, like I need to make a decision because I don't want to risk this and that. Mm-hmm. And so because it wasn't just me, I had what I what had happened was I was actually deferring all of these pressures and putting them onto onto my partner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not recognizing that I could have done a lot of the the work to try to face those pressures or confront them or whatever but because you know i knew i wasn't the only one in the hole like i wasn't the only one facing these pressures i had i just deferred it onto her and and she felt super overwhelmed you know mm-hmm. super like back against the wall and uh it was a huge thing her choosing that i had to come i had to come to terms with right i had to realize that okay i have this unhealthy kind of way of responding to pressure when it's me and someone else mm-hmm. and it also it really this was also stemmed from like my unhealthy attachment to like to like material things and 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 i had this like impulsivity about me when it come, came to 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 just you know having any uh you know, big purchase right? right so i had to i, I realized there's so many there's so many layers to this this problem that i had to come to terms with right so i know when we briefly prepared um talking about this we we kind of tossed out the question of like well how is this related to like theology or spirituality or catholicism and I'm thinking as you're kind of sharing about that and, you know, we very much talked about like relationships. You talked about attachment to material things. I think all of that is pretty related to, you know, the disposition that we should be in as Catholics in terms of like, I'm sure you brought things to prayer. I'm sure your partner in those situations brought things, brought things to prayer. And I think that's a really important part of these specific situations where, you know, whether you're, you're making a decision on something big or something small, whether you are, in a situation where you're feeling a lot of pressure, knowing that um, knowing that God is there for you to lean on, knowing that Mary and the saints are there to pray for you in these situations. It sounds like fluff what I'm saying right now, but I think it's a big part of who we are as Catholics, just knowing that there is a communion of saints, knowing that um, God is there as the Father to guide you. Um, and as shared, whether in this episode or on previous episodes, like God is there to put you 
um, into a spot where he knows you'll do best, right? So like Andrew, you know, you've shared previously and slightly today, just in terms of, you know, the path that you've taken and, mm -hmm. you know, the things that, you know, you'll, you'll ask a question and then God kind of just puts an answer to your life, into, into your life kind of thing. Right. So mm -hmm. I think that it truly makes a difference for me in my personal situation where, you know, you can just get so, um, so much tunnel vision, so laser focused onto, okay, I want to buy the house kind of thing, or, um, whatever it is that I bring that up because that's the most recent example we've made. Um, and then, you know, if you just take a step back and you kind of do a bit of praying about it, you kind of realize like, Hey, you know, for me, it's like, I'm already in a privileged situation, yeah. right? Um, for me, it's like, Hey, what, maybe if I don't get it today, like God will put something better in front of me in three months kind of mm -hmm. thing. Right. And yeah. so I think those situations that you're navigating yourself and then also navigating with the people around you, especially your partner, um, it's important. It's a big help for me to, to know that I have God on my side, really. I, I think that understanding the dispositions of men and women also is helpful for understanding our role in these types of situations because pressure or otherwise, I, I do think like any time there is a decision that's larger or smaller, like I think I'm saying like bigger than a bread box. Um, if it's a bigger than a bread box type decision, like you'll feel some pressure regardless of who you are. Um, and even me, like so among my friends, like I'm kind of known as someone who like doesn't react to pressure. Like I'm just like kind of even keel no matter what approaching everything. And like one thing just to say, like just to say like, I do feel the pressure and like, it'd be, it'd be unreasonable for me to not. Um, but I'm just very conditioned to keep moving. And mm -hmm. I think that's kind of a piece where, um, you know, whether like as men, particularly in our, in our marriages and in our, in our relationships to understand that, okay, because men have, a tendency to be able to intuit a little bit more and lean maybe more on the side of movement and then women have more lean more on the side of like being more contemplative with a, with a, a process and how that can be overdone in either direction to kind of understand like okay this is the role that i feel right like with me and cherry it's like oftentimes the role that i feel in a really kind of stupid example um is like when like we have options for dinner and cherry's like I don't know what I want for dinner. And I'm like, okay. Like, and then like, mm -hmm. she'll just lay out the things that, that we can potentially have. And I will just throw out an option. I'll be mm -hmm. like, let's do this. And the point for me, isn't at all to like have that. It's that like by me moving and making a call that helps her speed up her process. And then she'll like, actually, this is what I want. Okay, cool. Let's go do that. Mm -hmm. right? And then we go do that. Um, but in the same way, right. I feel like there's a piece here where in those pressure situations, like, it might not be on you to necessarily like take all the pressure and, and go the total opposite, right? Where like maybe you were deferring some of it and now it's like, oh, should I be taking all of it? Like, I don't think that's true either. But I do think there's a piece where like dealing with pressure or otherwise, like how as the men, are you helping the process move? Um, I feel that that's a responsibility of men um, in relationships. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think to, to echo that too, I think what... What I've learned to, to be helpful, especially in those situations, um, is to have a sort of like, a friend called this holy indifference, you know, mm -hmm. to, to just be like, okay with whatever option is chosen and, yeah. mm -hmm. and really be indifferent to the pressures that are kind of pressing in on you. Yeah. And even, you know, they could be high pressure situations that like you could have like days before making a decision, yeah. but still recognizing that, you know, what, like, like what kind of like where should the real pressure be in my life is it to is it to is it to get this house and or or potentially not and have everything crumble or to 
you know, to be good to my, my wife and be good to my family and yeah. like, and like, and, and do that, you know, be faithful to, um, to that and whatever gets in the way, like, am I willing to overcome those things to, to be faithful to what I'm being called to do? Right. Yeah. So, um, and, and for me personally, like having that indifference really helps me to, uh, detach myself from the things that I'm, that I'm already, that I have an unhealthy attachment to and, mm-hmm. and, and thereby, you know, giving me more freedom and peace to make decisions, even when, you know, people are in my ear yeah, yeah. or, or I have this internal kind of temptation to, to make a rash decision. And I think it's a sign of maybe, uh, like a silent strength that, that, that we can have as men, yeah. especially for our spouses to just like stand your ground. Right. Yeah. Not because you're afraid, not because you're uh, you're weak, but kind of stand your ground with like strength and, and being like, you know what, yeah, all these pressures are around, but like I know what's really important and I'm gonna I'm gonna stand by it, you know. Yeah. And I think you know our partner, our, like uh, yeah, like our spouses can really feed off of that, as you said, as yeah. you as you kind of explained there, right? Like they can really feed off of that strength, and I think it builds, uh, yeah, it builds like kind of character, you know as a as a couple like how you how you respond to life's challenges so mm-hmm, yeah. all right so i think that's a good spot to to leave today's episode with the quote i found it's okay. your ego is writing checks your body can't cash from top gun from top gun which i have never watched i well, have you ever watched i did you did you have to watch it man. It's well, so good. i will <laughs> you've watched both of them yeah i'm gonna buy the cds um because i love the movies the dvds the dvds okay the, yeah okay I, I'm gonna I'm gonna physically own it. That's weird now, but so now we're definitely ending this episode. <laughs> um, so Da, thank you again for for coming back on. Uh, you now have the title of most repeated guest on the history of this podcast. So uh, thanks, guys, for having me. We'll find yeah. a dollar star plaque. For yeah, we'll <laughs> <laughs> a lot of yeah. really good conversation today for sure. Yeah, yeah thanks. We'll do it again yeah. for sure. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening as always, and you will hear from us next time. Stay warm, everyone.